up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Main Event Heat Podcast. I am your host, Rob Weathers. This week, we are going to talk all about WrestleMania weekend. Uh, Obviously, as you guys know, this episode is coming out a couple of days late. I was, in fact, in Dallas for a little bit during WrestleMania weekend, so I didn't have enough time to get this episode out on Monday. But this should be coming out Tuesday night. I hope you guys didn't mind having to wait a little bit longer. But I promise you, we've got some great stuff to talk about. This year's WrestleMania weekend was honestly, in my opinion, one of the best ones in a long, long time. Not only did we have some great moments come out of WrestleMania, which to be honest with you, after the last handful of WrestleManias, they really needed it. But everywhere else, all of these other promotions that were in Dallas, Texas for WrestleMania weekend really, really showed out. And there was some amazing matches and some amazing moments that took place this weekend. And we are going to rank what I believe are the top 10 best WrestleMania weekend moments in 2022. Let's go ahead and start with number 10, the return of the prodigal son, Cody Rhodes. Now, I know a lot of people probably aren't super happy about the fact that Cody Rhodes is going back to WWE, the company that he spent a a long time since he left just absolutely shitting on. Like, his first several promos and appearances as a part of AEW were basically just a vehicle for him to shit on WWE some more. So a lot of us, including me, probably aren't the happiest that he decided to go back there. It does, you know, I get it. It seems a little hypocritical. But I will tell you this, though, and here's why I put it on this list. Even though I prefer to see Cody in AEW, a lot of Cody's stuff in AEW were were some of my favorite segments. I'll be the first one to tell you. Some of the the last handful of things that he was a part of were kind of weird. You know, it's like, man, like you really, I I swear to God that he knew that he was being a heel and it was just, he was planting seeds for that big heel turn to come. But no, like he was actually oblivious and he, he really thought that he was portraying a good guy that whole time when in actuality he's being a total fucking douchebag. That, that, that stuff was really weird, but I'll tell you this much. Cody Rhodes spent a lot of time, especially in the beginning of AEW, talking about how he went from being undesirable to undeniable. And there's no bigger proof of that than him coming back at WrestleMania. Not only coming back to the big ovation that he got, but this wasn't Stardust that came back. This wasn't dashing Cody Rhodes that came back. This was the American Nightmare. This was the AEW Cody Rhodes that came to WWE. This really looks like, and obviously a lot of reports have come out about what Cody's contract looks like, and he's talked a little bit in interviews. It really sounds like they're giving him free reign over his character. And that's impressive, you know, be happy about him going to the WWE, not happy about him going to the WWE. The fact of the matter is when this guy left, he, I think, turned down like 700000 a year to play Stardust. And a handful of years later, they bring him back for millions of dollars a year and they just let him do whatever he wants to do. If there was a point to prove, Cody Rhodes proved it. And while I obviously do not watch WWE on a regular basis, you have to tip your cap to this guy and you have to be happy for him. You know, he's doing what he wants to do, and he looks like he's going to be able to do it the way that he wants to do it. Number nine is Speedball's schedule. Speedball Mike Bailey blew a lot of people's minds 
whenever he released the schedule of matches that he was going to be doing WrestleMania weekend, all taking place, I think most, if not all the matches between either some of the GCW shows and some of the WrestleCon shows. But this guy had nine matches in three days. I actually have a screenshot of the tweet that he posted after having all the matches. And this is, I believe, match one through match nine. This dude wrestled Yuya Yamura, Bandito, Effie, Jay White, Alex Shelley, Jordan Oliver, Davey Richards, Cole Radrick, and the Workhorseman in three fucking days. That match with Bandito taking place at the Memorial Super Show at WrestleCon, that match won the Super Show bounty that they announced just, uh, I think, like just a few days before the show. They were doing a $5,000 bounty to the best match of the night. And that match with Speedball and Bandito won it. This guy just operating at an insane level. Three days, nine matches. I'm sure there were other people there that wrestled just as many, maybe even more matches. But just this, that's, that's so insane to think about. I have no idea what Mike's rate looks like. But let's imagine he makes, I don't know, $1,000 in appearance, right? And, and just off of the matches that he had, that's $9,000. That's not including any money that he made off of doing any autograph signings or anything. $9,000. This dude could walk to a used car dealership right now and buy a 2016 Corolla with less than 50,000 miles just off of the money that he made at WrestleCon. That doesn't impress you. I don't know what the fuck to say to you. But yeah, Speedball Mike Bailey just taking advantage of such a unique situation to put on as many great matches as he can and make as much money as he can all in three days time. And that's, that's unbelievable. And shout out to him and everybody else that took that opportunity while they were in Dallas to make as much money as they possibly could. Number eight, WWE scratches the nostalgia itch. There were a couple of really neat moments that took place during WrestleMania this year that for a lot of us that have been watching since the 90s, this was this was so fucking cool to see. One of them, obviously, Stone Cold Steve Austin makes his big return to professional wrestling. We'll talk about that later. I haven't watched that match in its entirety, but I also have not heard a single person say anything negative about it. Apparently, Stone Cold hasn't lost that much of a step. And then on the other side of the nostalgia, this one obviously we're not going to remember as fondly, but Vince McMahon got back in the ring. He broke his record for worst fucking stunner sell in the world, but you know, still regardless, like this is, these are moments that that live crowd ate up. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, even though like watching it live, I wasn't super into the Mr. McMahon stuff. If I would have been there in person, I would have known, man, what I'm seeing right now is really fucking cool and I can guarantee it's the last time I'm ever going to see it. Number seven, sticking with WWE for a moment, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. This match has been very controversial for some odd fucking reason since it took place. You've got guys like Dave Meltzer just shitting all over this because this wasn't a match. It was just a couple of guys making jackasses out of themselves. Yeah, that was kind of the point. One of these guys is literally the star of Jackass. Like, it's this, this, it, it is tough to call it a match. I understand that. But this spectacle was exactly what it should have been. Johnny Knoxville still just, just so fucking entertaining. And the thing is, is, is obviously they did the stunts. They did the fuck shit in the ring. But there were a couple of times when Johnny had to do some wrestling moves. And the thing is... 
they weren't fucking bad. That tornado DDT that he did off the fucking post, that was actually pretty impressive, considering that he's a fucking 50-something-year-old guy that doesn't know how to wrestle. You had the nut-kicking machine, you had the high-five contraption, fucking Party Boy makes an appearance, Wee Man gets in there and just fucking pieces up Sami Zayn, even hits him with a body slam for his troubles, and then the go-home was this big giant-ass mousetrap contraption that Knoxville uses to pin Sammy's shoulders down so that he can get the one, two, three. It was wildly entertaining. If it was a minute shorter... I would have thought that they didn't get enough in. If it was a minute longer, I would have thought it overstayed its welcome. It was exactly what it needed to be. And everybody in wrestling needs to start giving flowers to Sami Zayn because the fact that he was able to make that look as good as it did, and and that's the thing to think about here. He is the reason that match looked as good as it did. The way that he sold the offense, like like look at the spot where Knoxville pushes Sami off the top to go through the table on the outside. That was all Sammy. Sammy like fucking swan dived into that table, but that's just an example. Sammy is so goddamn good at this. And this match, everything could have went wrong. A few things almost went wrong. Both the uh, the nut-kicking contraption and the big-ass mousetrap, they didn't want to go at first, but Johnny, I guess, had fail-saves so that he could fix it each time. But yeah, this this was wildly entertaining. For anybody that didn't enjoy this, I don't know what to say to you, because this was fucking awesome. Number six is GCW. Obviously, WrestleMania gets talked a lot about during this weekend. It is their weekend. And then you've got on the other side of that, you got WrestleCon, which we're going to talk about later. GCW is the other big promotion that really takes advantage of this weekend. And they have several just just unbelievable shows that they put on during this weekend. You've got the, the Bloodsport show, which is more of like a Kumite style presentation, which I really do enjoy Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. They've had some really fun matches come out of there. Then you've got For the Culture, you've got Effie's Big Gay Brunch, so much other stuff that GCW was throwing on. And, and even if GCW's not your thing, which GCW, I'll be honest with you guys, like I've seen a, a little bit of GCW. It's not really my thing outside of Bloodsport, which even then like GCW, I guess kind of just promotes it, but Bloodsport's really more Barnett's thing. Outside of that, I'm not really a huge GCW fan, but I do recognize what they do for professional wrestling and what they do for a lot of people that the big companies may never look at, you know, what they do for a lot of these quote unquote hidden gems in professional wrestling. And it's, it's nothing short of amazing what they've been able to pull off these last several years and during these WrestleMania weekends, huge props to GCW. They put on some very entertaining shows this weekend, and I hope these guys just continue to get bigger after this. Like I said, I know I'm not the biggest GCW fan in the world, but I do recognize what they're doing for professional wrestling is a good thing. Number five is Edge versus AJ Styles WrestleMania Night 2. This, I was really surprised coming out of this match. A lot of people did not love this match as much as I did. I thought this was amazing. I haven't watched anything on Raw or SmackDown, especially since Edge turned heel. I didn't know that he turned heel. My wife was having to fill me in before the match started whenever the video package was going. And then I see the entrance. First of all, you had AJ come out and just fucking rack his face against that low-hanging stage that he gets in the ring with a huge-ass gash on the side of his face, which was so fucking wild. I'm like, he's out there, and I'm like, when the fuck did this happen? And then you go to Edge's entrance, and Edge had one of the coolest fucking Mania entrances I've ever seen with the throne coming up, 
through the fucking fire. And he's got the new theme song. I had no idea that he changed his theme song. It's still an Alter Bridge song, but he changed it. Instead of Metaling is nice coming out to the other side, which is actually one of my favorite Alter Bridge songs. And I love the edit that they chose for him. And it's it's so perfect and it is such a sinister bad guy song and he comes out there i immediately started getting the vibes that i guess a lot of people started getting this is fucking undertaker vibes all day and i actually looked at my wife i said if edge is supposed to be the next undertaker i'm actually totally okay with that obviously if you guys have listened to the show long enough you know that taker is not exactly my favorite wrestler in the world you know and and there's a few factors that go into it but like every taker match is kind of the same. Like, Taker's only really as good as whoever he wrestles against. And I don't mean that as disrespect, but I mean, whenever you're six foot 10, 300 pounds, there's only so much you can really do in the ring. Edge, on the other hand, he's in his mid 40s and works just as good, if not better, than all the 20 something year olds on this roster. And if he's going to go out there and it looks like he's going to start his uh, his own version of the Ministry of Darkness, man, I'm actually very interested in this. I, I, I want to watch all of Edge's segments going forward for a little while. Like, I'm not going to sit down and watch a three-hour episode of Raw, but I do want to see his segments. And whenever the pay-per-views come rolling around, I want to see his matches because I am actually very, very interested in this. And these two had this match, and it was a fucking awesome match. If you're a fan of old-school wrestling like I am, these guys told a fucking story with the limb manipulation and just the the resilience of both guys. It It was such an entertaining match to watch. I was so blown away that a lot of people kind of looked at it and shrugged their shoulders like, "Eh, it wasn't a bad match, but it wasn't a great match. I thought it was fucking killer. I thought it was Edge's, I thought it was probably Edge's best match since he came back. And I definitely think it might be AJ's best match since he came to the Fed, honestly. The only thing I didn't like about the match was the ending, which you had Damian Priest with a distraction on the outside, which caused AJ to take a couple of seconds to pay too much attention to him, and then Edge catches him with the the spear whenever he's flying through the air. Which, the spear was fucking killer, but, like, I hate a fuck shit kind of ending like that on a Mania show. Like, if this was literally, like, an episode of Raw or or any other pay-per-view, I wouldn't care, but this is WrestleMania. Like, anytime there isn't a definitive finish, I take an issue with it. But other than that, I fucking love this match. Like, if I was rating these matches, I'd give this an A. It was killer. And it's got me wanting to actually see what Edge is going to do in the future. I think this guy could pull a lot of new viewers and a lot of laps viewers like myself into the WWE with what he potentially has going on here. And that's why I rank it so highly, because I've never, or I can't say never, but I haven't in a very long time come out of a WrestleMania going, damn, I can't wait to see what happens next. I have not said that in a very long time, and Edge did it. Number four, we have got the WWE Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame ceremony is is a thing that, you know, either you love it or you hate it. It's usually not super on my radar, but this year was a very special one, obviously, Undertaker finally goes in, and of course he deserves it. Been a part of the company for such a long time. I think he's been a part of the company as long as I've been alive. He absolutely deserves to go in, and he deserved as big of a spotlight as he got. If there was anything quote-unquote controversial about the entrance this year, it's that Charmel was going in. Charmel was the manager of the only guy to ever get the King of the Ring heel act over, Booker T., 
you know, of, of the handful of guys, you know, because I think he was really the first one that after winning King of the Ring, they were like, okay, you're going to be King Booker for like ever now. I think he was like the first guy to do that. I know Sheamus did it afterwards. William Regal did it afterwards. Whoever the fuck else has won it. He's the only one that really did it worth a damn. And she was an important part of that presentation. Not forget, she was in WCW for a long time. She was a fucking Nitro girl. Like she had the longevity. And if that's the most controversial member of the Hall of Fame this year, is a pretty damn good Hall of Fame. You've got the Steiner brothers go in. They absolutely deserved it. And and my favorite moment, and I think a lot of people's favorite moment, is that the, the Warrior Award went to Shag Gaspard, who, of course, passed away recently after saving his son from, I think it was a riptide in the ocean. And, and I, honestly, I think they need to rename the Warrior Award to the Shad Gaspard Award because that guy was a real fucking warrior. And seeing Shad's kid... <clears throat> shit, give me a second. I'm choking up just thinking about it. Seeing Shad's son and JTG do the crime time entrance together... Man, if you saw that and you had a dry eye, you might not be human. That was that was so beautiful to watch. And and yeah, the Hall of Fame altogether was was pretty damn entertaining this year. And I think it was a really good class. And yeah, Shag Gaspard absolutely deserves that that position. Number three is the return of honor. If you guys have listened to the show long enough, you know that I'm a massive Ring of Honor fan. I did a Ring of Honor retrospective after Final Battle last year. And and for the longest time, for the last several months, none of us knew what the future was. We knew that there was going to be a Super Card of Honor, but we didn't know if there was going to be anything that came out of it. Recently, Tony Khan announced on Dynamite that he has, in fact, bought Ring of Honor. They will be getting a weekly TV deal. Don't know what the details of that is, when they're going to start filming, none of that. But I, I do think, you know, Tony's definitely a huge fan of wrestling. He's a huge Ring of Honor fan himself. We have seen what he's been able to accomplish with AEW. So I do think that the company is in good hands. And I think the company is, for the first time since its inception, potentially in stable hands. So hopefully this is good news. But man, I, I just finished watching this show uh, right before I started recording this episode because I, I wasn't able to watch it because I was traveling back home uh, whenever the show was going on. But, oh my God, such a fucking crazy card, top to bottom. Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. Josh Woods versus Wheeler Yuta. Minoru Suzuki versus Rhett Titus. A couple of matches that I'm going to wait a moment to talk about because they're going to be a big part of, of the second entry on here. But the, the return of Samoa Joe at the end of the show. Just so many amazing things took place. And as a huge Ring of Honor fan, I cannot wait to see what the reboot of this company is going to look like. And where all of these new members, seemingly new members of the roster, are going to fit in. I'm, I'm so fucking excited to be a Ring of Honor fan right now. And I really think that this year's Supercard of Honor was a great way to kickstart this new era. Number two, Dallas, Texas became Dream Match City. We just talked about the Supercard of Honor show. One of the matches I purposely left out was FTR versus the Briscoes. That is, honest to God, my favorite match of, of every match that took place over the weekend. Like I said, just finished watching that show right before I press record. Holy fuck, that match lived up to the hype. 
that we had no idea where this was going to take place after these two uh, teams had their had their had their issues at I believe at final battle was whenever they first finally met face to face after they had been talking shit to each other on Twitter for a while. Well, this could have been an AEW. This could have been AAA, GCW. A number of shows could have housed this match, but I'm so happy that it took place on a Ring of Honor show. FTR are the new Ring of Honor champions. But but that was just one of the massive dream matches that we had over this weekend. WWE had Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens. Trouble in Paradise had Rich Swan versus Scotty Too Hotty. GCW had Effie versus Minoru Suzuki. There were so many matches that you just will not see anywhere else but on a massive WrestleMania weekend like this. When you have all of these wrestlers from all these different spectrums of professional wrestling meeting together in one place, it creates so many amazing opportunities to see matches that you never thought you would see. Speaking of the Briscoes, they had another, what a lot of people would call a dream match, against Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson and Impact. Like, just... So many crazy matches taking place that that during WrestleMania weekend is absolutely the only time you would ever see anything like this shit. And, and that's one of my favorite parts about this weekend. And number one on the top 10 list of Mania weekend moments, it's, it's just WrestleCon. The existence of WrestleCon. High Spot started running WrestleCon back in 2013. It's part wrestling convention. It's part wrestling event. And it, it, it is the home base of why all of these awesome things that take place outside of the WWE now happen during WrestleMania weekend. First off, you have all of these, these legends and current talent from professional wrestling all appearing in one giant convention which I I was lucky enough to get to walk around the convention for a little while on Thursday and Friday and some of the people that I saw walking around I saw Ric Flair at one point I saw Jushin Thunder Liger at one point I freaked the fuck out whenever that happened I I, the APA just just so many just just huge names walking around this convention and then downstairs you've got the WrestleCon Super Show you've got AAA Trouble in Paradise Impact, New Japan, just so much crazy shit going on inside of a wrestling ring, inside of a ballroom, inside of the Fairmont Hotel in Dallas, Texas. And these guys, High Spots, they really started a movement with this. WrestleMania weekend used to just be all about WrestleMania. And now everybody else in the wrestling world that may never get a chance to work for WWE, they get to have their own version of a WrestleMania moment because of high spots and now in the last few years you can throw GCW in that mix as well and it's just such a beautiful thing there's you can have guys that have only been in the business for a couple of years have hardly wrestled outside of their hometown getting in the ring with world traveled veterans who have won titles everywhere that they've been and have been in the business for over 20 years you know it's it's such a beautiful time this weekend in professional wrestling is something that all of us as fans look forward to. And and I'm going to be honest with you guys, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this just for a second right now. I didn't have the WrestleMania weekend that I really wish I would have. And I'm not going to go into much detail about this. This is going to be something that, you know, whenever you shoot wants to interview my washed up ass in 20 years, then we'll talk about it. But but I, I'm, I'm going to leave it at this. You know, some things that 
Maybe I envisioned them a certain way. They didn't exactly work out the way that I wanted them to. But I can tell you this much. I did, if only for a few minutes, get to sit at a commentary table with two former WWE commentators. And, you know, if, if, if that's the only WrestleMania weekend moment that I get, you could do a hell of a lot worse. Honestly, you know, I, I said that things maybe didn't pan out the way that I wanted them to, but you know what? It, it is what it is. And, and I really hope that, that I get to go back to WrestleCon and, and be a part of WrestleMania weekend again sometime in the future. It might be a couple of years before I get to do it again, but, but I will be looking forward to it because it's, it's such a wild environment and just, just seeing all of these people in this industry that you love come together for a few days and and we're all on the same playing field you know you're 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 in the same room as guys like Kurt Angle and Ric Flair and 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 some of the biggest names in professional wrestling rubbing shoulders you know and it's 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 unbelievable and it's like I said it's it's something that I absolutely love about professional wrestling but you know I regardless of of, of, of anything that happened this weekend, regardless of any opinions that I might have. I can't wait till I get the opportunity to do this again. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. That was the top 10 WrestleMania weekend moments as far as I was concerned. What do you guys think? Is there anything that you think I missed out? You can send an email to maineventheat at yahoo.com. Tell me what your top 10 WrestleMania weekend moments were. Maybe we'll talk about them on next week's show. Speaking of next week's show... I was contacted recently by some wrestlers that were also in Dallas, Texas during WrestleMania weekend, and they told me, Rob, we have got some stories to tell, and we're trying to iron out the last details and figure out when we can get those guys to come on the show. The hope is that we will have a very, very special interview coming to you guys on next week's episode of Main Event Heat, but just in case we don't, I'm going to have a contingency plan. We'll do a watch along on next week's episode just in case we don't get to do this interview. What we'll be watching, I have no idea. If you have any suggestions to shows or matches that you would like to do a watch along for on this podcast, once again, send me an email to maineventheat.yahoo.com. I am open to any and all suggestions, but hopefully we can get this interview out for next week because I am just as curious as everyone else is. I know the guys that, that are going to be telling these stories. I've worked with them all on a, on a few occasions. And yeah, I'm, I really want to hear this. And I'm going to hear it at the same time as you guys. But before we get to next week, if you would like to follow me on social media, you can do so by finding at Sweet Sexy Rob on Instagram and Twitter. And until next time, thanks for hanging out.